Well done, well done. Yeah. Best part about that is they, they believe that what they sang. That helps. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Continuing on in our uh, 2020 series, 2020 vision series, and today we're going to talk about friendship, 2020 friendships. You know, really, the, the reality of our lives is the greatest resource that all of us have is certainly our relationship with God, uh, and it's our relational world with other people. That goes beyond any other resources that we have. Your relational resources are the greatest resources that you have. It's the greatest resource that I have. And Jesus, like, gives us a textbook teaching over and over and over again. He just lives he lives friendship, right? He lives, he lives it out. He gives his life for us. He goes to a cross for us. He resurrects from the dead, lives forevermore, offers us forgiveness, and gives us kind of the picture of what a friend can look like. So why don't we stand and read? I want to read together uh, out of the Gospel of John, chapter 15, classic scripture. We've already read a portion of this, but this is really textbook friendship. As you pay attention, as you read, we read together, just pay attention to Jesus talking to you as to how to be a friend. This is such a powerful portion of scripture. Let's read together. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Love each other. You guys can go ahead and be seated. This is really, really beautiful stuff. If you were to think of your life as a seed, understand that your life gets planted in your relational world. Now, the scripture tells us that God brings increase in our life. It's God that supernaturally brings growth in our life. But it's our relational world that is the primary ingredient to the soil that the seed of our life is planted in. It's out of our relational world that we're encouraged and propelled to the next level. There is no way that you and I can live into the fullness that God created us for in 2020 being isolated without our relational world being invested in and paid attention to. See, the truth is, as we know, we all know, certainly all the farmers in the room could tell us that you can't be fruitful without some kind of pollination. There's got to be some kind of interaction that happens in order for fruitfulness to occur. 
and that pollination in our life occurs not by us being isolated. Listen, there's times for solitude and silence that are absolutely critical in our life. But if you want to live in the fullness of the life that God has for you, people, your friends, your, your, your loved ones, the people in your close relational world, people in this room, people in other rooms that you relate with are the people that God uses to bring growth and increase in your life. They nurture your life. They, they, God uses their life to impart something into your life and mine so that something powerful can happen in all of us. I would say that if going into 2020, as we're about halfway through now, moving into not even halfway through, not even two weeks fully into uh, 2020 yet, if you want to move into 2020 powerfully and you haven't considered how important the people, the friends that you have around you are in that equation in encouraging the vision for your life to come to pass and you encouraging the vision in their life to come to pass, I would say to you that your vision is not as large as God wants it to be. And, and it's important that we consider for a few minutes how important bringing growth into our life occurs by inviting other friends. Muhammad Ali said this about friendship. He said, friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It is not something that we can learn in school. But if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. And the great prophet Anonymous said this, said, truly great friends are hard to find, difficult to leave, and impossible to forget. Now, Jesus had a way of friendship, and he describes it pretty clearly here in the book of John chapter 15. The first thing he tells us is this powerful phrase. He says, love one another as I have loved you. In other words, what he's saying is imitate me. Now, we talk a lot around here about that we're created in the image and likeness of God, and we're supposed to reflect his life and live into that likeness. And this is one of those key areas. Jesus intentionally tells us to imitate the way that he loves us and the way that he loves other people. Love one another as I have loved you. How does Jesus love us? Well, we've already said it a few times this morning, or sung it at least, that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Think about a brother to a brother relationship, a brother to a sister or a couple of sisters. Think about the greatest relationships that you know in the world. Think about in your sphere of understanding the people that you would say, and maybe it's some of your own relationships that you would say, that's the best relational stuff that I know uh, in, in my understanding of relationships. Well, what Jesus is saying here is that his love for us goes way beyond that. It's closer than what we can even see. See, when we imitate God's love, what basically God is saying is you're not going to be able to rise to the level of the way that I love you and, and that you love one another, but know that my desire is that you have a desire for that to happen, that you intentionally pursue that. See, we know that Jesus' love is gracious, it's forgiving, right? Jesus' love is supportive and present, and we could go on and on and on. So what he's saying here is imitate the way that I love you. That's how I want you to love one another. To be there, I love that song. When the, let the rain fall, let the wind blow, because God never breaks friendship with you and I, ever. Ever. 
reminded of this story, this rabbi and this priest driving in opposite directions have this head-on collision. It's a serious accident. They both get out of the car. They're kind of disoriented, but they're both okay. They notice that they're both people of the cloth, and, you know, they kind of embrace out of, you know, their adrenaline's pumping, but they're like, oh, so grateful, you know, we're both okay. And the rabbi says to the priest, he says, I believe that this is God's destiny, that we would become friends, that we live through this accident. And the priest says, you know what, I think you're right. He says, I've got a bottle of wine in my trunk. I hope it didn't break. So he goes and he gets this bottle of wine out of his trunk and he says, let's, let's cement this friendship that we have with this bottle of wine. So they're sitting on the curb and they begin to share their life story with one another. And the rabbi takes the wine and he takes this big swig and he passes it over to the priest. And the priest kind of holds the bottle for a couple of minutes passes it back to the rabbi. The rabbi takes another big swig. After this goes on a few times, the rabbi says, what's the problem? Aren't you going to drink to our friendship? He says, yeah, I'm just going to wait till after the police are here. <laughs> Some friendships aren't really friendships. When the going gets tough, see what Jesus does when the going gets tough, he moves in closer what opportunists do in our life, what people that really aren't friendly to us do is they move away from us when things get tougher. When the heat is turned up, imposters jump ship. Those are not your friends. Those are people that are simply maybe acquaintances or opportunists. But when the perceived benefit of a relationship with you, or if this is the way you pursue relationships with other people, when the perceived benefit of the opportunity is outweighed by the difficulty and it is time to go, that is called consumerism. That is not friendship. Friendship sticks with one another through difficult times. There's an interesting scripture in Luke chapter 6, starting with verse 36, that usually when we read it, and I've used this many times as a financial kind of encouragement scripture, but the reality of this scripture in Luke 6 is a relational scripture. When you read Luke 6 here, this is in the total context of relationship, forgiveness, and offering goodness. And I don't think it's a violation to talk about finances with it, but in the relational context that it's really meant to be read in. This is what it says. Try to show as much compassion as your father does, Jesus says here. Never criticize or condemn, or it will come back on you so easy on others, or go easy on others, then they will do the same for you. For if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over. Whatever measure you use, give, large or small. It will be used by measure what is given back to you. Now in the King James Version, there's an interesting add-on here that I think is absolutely critical. The King James puts it this way. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over the King James says, shall people or shall man, humankind, shall humankind give unto your bosom. In other words, what the King James adds, which I think is an important part of this scripture, is that God uses people to give to you and uses you to give to others relationally and in other ways. We all know this. God, pro pro God predominantly works 
in, through people in our life. That's how provision comes, through relationships. We're blessed that way. You remember possibly in the book of Genesis chapter 2, most of us think that, there was, that, the, that before the fall in the garden that everything was perfect and good. But the truth is, is there was one thing that was not good at, at a certain point. The scripture says that when Adam was alone in the garden before Eve was created, that it was not a good thing. It wasn't until Eve joined Adam that the scripture says it was all good. See, because God uses community in our life and relationship to bless us. We know just in practical terms, one of the reasons why criminals that are in prison that get into intense trouble or put in solitary confinement is not to give them some time just to have simple solitary uh, or, or solitary in silence. It's because isolation is a punishment to us. We are created to be social people, to interact with one another. You and I know that God primarily loves us through people. God primarily heals us through people. God's power is released to help us through other people. God strengthens you and I through people. God encourages us through people. God challenges our lives through people. God corrects us through people. And God brings amazing opportunities into our life through other people. Friendships are critical. Jesus goes on and he says that no greater love has anyone than this but to lay down their life for their friends. In other words, lay it down. Jesus' way of friendship is not only to imitate, is not only for us to imitate the love that God shows us, but it's also to lay down our life. Now, the truth about you and I, the truth about all of us in the room is I would be shocked if any of us is crucified for our friend. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus did lay his life down for us. He's referring to his own sacrifice that was about to happen, but he's also speaking to us because there is a laying down of your life for your friends to have healthy relationships. You and I may not go to a cross. We may not have to be martyred for our faith or anything like that or for our friends. But the truth is friendship is expensive. Friendship can cost, and not just money, top cash back in the United Kingdom, uh, a company there did some research and they said the average friendship lasting 20 years cost a person about $10,500. For a lifelong friendship, about $30,000. So if you want to save some money, get rid of some of your friends. (laughs) But, but the cost of friendship, when, it talk, when we talk about laying down our life, it's really, you can, have, you can be an amazing friend without investing any money. The expense is in so many other ways, and gladly do good, good friends invest it in one another. We share with one another. We give to one another. It takes time to be a good friend. It takes the investment of your love to be a good friend, your energy. It takes authenticity. There is a price tag to acceptance. It takes work to be a good friend. It takes work and attention to be a good friend and honesty, vulnerability. At times, to be a good friend, it costs swallowing your pride, 
offering forgiveness and receiving forgiveness, sharing your opinions, and at times not sharing your opinions, which in the Greek means keep your mouth shut at times. (laughs) It means taking a risk, taking a risk and investing the cost that it takes to take a risk, being inconvenienced, Ultimately here, what Jesus is saying is, you cannot be a friend unless you lay down your life through sacrifice in some way. And I believe Jesus would go on to say that you cannot have the fullness of joy that you're in pursuit of, and I can't have the fullness of joy that I'm in pursuit of without the sacrifice and the cost and the effort it costs in my relational world to invest in it, and it's out of that sacrifice that we experience the greatest joys of life. Think about the greatest joys in your life, and I I am telling you, the vast majority of them, the absolute vast majority of them are somehow connected to your relational world. Just think about it for a minute. The investment is worth it. Give, and it will be given to you. It'll be pressed down, shaken together, running over, pouring out a blessing beyond which you can contain. It's powerful, powerful stuff. See, some of us need to be more wise. Some of us scatter so much of our, our uh, kind of our equity when it comes to our relational energy and what we have, because each one of us can only do so much. You can't be a close friend. You know, Claire talks about golden friends and close friends. You can't have... You can't have a couple hundred of those kinds of people in your life. None of us can. We don't have that much. But some of us get duped into this thing where we're scattering ourselves so much in our relational world and not investing well in any of our relationships. It's kind of like going to the dollar store and you're buying all of this stuff that you know is not going to last very long, but you're just trying to hoard as much of it as you can. The reality of the dollar store is that stuff doesn't last. Sometimes you just need to go and pay a little bit more for something that'll last the rest of your life and invest in that thing. And Jesus lands on this. He makes this interesting statement. He says, I call you friends. I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from the Father. I call you friends because I have made known to you everything I've heard from the Father. This is all about the insight of the kingdom, shared information. What Jesus is saying here is he's telling these guys, listen, and us, you have watched the process here. I have let you in on the kingdom. I have let you in on the the communication between the father and I. I have let you in on miracles. I've let you in on, on difficulties that happen. I let you in on the realities of it. It's interesting, we live in a time, and we all know this, where there's some, at some level there's kind of this dumbing down of relationships that are going on, certainly friendships, right? Like you can get on Facebook or some other social media platform, and you know, we all, you do know, you do really know if you have a thousand friends on Facebook, they're really not you have a thousand friends, right? 
And it kind of just brings the level of this friendship because one of the things about friends on social media or on Facebook is you really can control the narrative at a certain point. You can start blocking people. Claire and I were in a conversation with a, a guy recently, young guy. We would say young guy. Uh, some of you, he was much older than, but young to us. Anyway, um, he, it was, we were talking about this whole thing about Facebook, and he brought up that he blocked he just like, I don't know, even know what you call it, like unfollowed someone. And he says, I, I just, I unfriend or I unfollow anybody I disagree with. So that's convenient, right? But that's not how friendship works, is it? Like, wouldn't that be nice? I, you know, and I thought when he said it, I thought, oh my gosh, if I did that to myself, I'd have to block myself a lot of days. Like... You're blocked, Scott. I don't agree with what you did earlier, right? You do know that you can't unfriend somebody that's not ever been a friend in the first place. Listen to this. Walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. Helen Keller. In other words... That's real friendship. I would rather have a friend, Helen Keller says, in the dark than being healed of my blindness, essentially. Now, going back to this shared information piece, see, what Jesus is referring to is the shared information about the reality of the kingdom. Certainly the miraculous he had shared with them. His kingdom, he was sharing with them and us. He had started to talk to them about the cross. He was talking to them about the resurrection at times, even though they couldn't understand it. And he talks at times about this thing where he's the bread from heaven and that you have to take him in. Literally, the language is you have to eat the bread from heaven. And we celebrate communion around this portion of scripture, for instance, that happens in John chapter 6. And listen to what happens. This is what he's saying. So shared information is the Jesus way of friendship. In John chapter 6, starting with verse 66, it says this. It says, because of this, now what's happened? Let me just give you some backdrop here. What's happening here is Jesus is talking about how he is the bread from heaven. And it's a crazy scripture. And he is talking about sacrifice. He's talking about losing your life in order to gain your life. It's one thing after another in John 6 like that. And he comes to this place, there's a huge crowd around him because what started John 6 early on, what happens is the feeding of the 5,000 and then he moves it into, well, I'm the real bread. I'm the real provision for your life. And he starts asking these things. And you notice in John 15, he says, if you listen to my commandments. In other words, if if you can deal with this shared information that I have, the father and I have together, That this is an intense, amazing, wonderful, adventurous life, but it gets hard sometimes. So that's the backdrop of it. So think of this, thousands of people around. And then it says, because of this, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the 12, do you also wish to go away? And Simon Peter answers him and says, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what real friends do, right? 
I got the inside information on what you are really all about. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I am not just here just because there's, there's benefits in being a friend with you, even though there's amazing benefits in being a friend with you. I am here because where else am I going to go? I am here to be a friend through thick and thin. I've got the information, Jesus. It's interesting, Larry Lee, uh, years ago, he made this comment, this powerful, he was going through just, it was a shipwreck in his life, and he said this, he said, all those who left me couldn't stay, and all those who stayed could not leave. That is friendship. When you're going through the worst parts of your life, or somebody around you is going through the worst parts of their life, that you stay, that you know that it's just a part of what your life is about. That is real friendship. The people that left had to leave. Isn't that, that's the story of Jesus. The people that had to, they couldn't deal with the inside information. It's like, this is too much. Even, it says even some of the disciples said, this is too much. We can't keep up. We were good. We were really good when like blind people were beginning to see and, you know, uh, people that couldn't walk started walking. We saw leprosy healed. We saw Jesus forgiving everybody. I was at the wedding. What a great party with all the wine. That was amazing. But then all of a sudden he says that there's, this is some of the inside information. I got to lose my life to gain it. Those who left Jesus needed to leave, and those who stayed with Jesus needed to stay. It's the story of the cross, isn't it? There's Mary, there's a couple of women, and John, and like everybody else, is gone. But that's another part of friendship, isn't it? Jesus receives them all back. Because friends forgive and friends stay open. But this is the thing. Some of the people in your life, this is prophetic for some people in this room. Some of the people in your life, you need to understand they could not stay. They needed to leave your life and you needed to have them leave your life. You may as well forgive them because they could not stay. They could not stay. For whatever reason, they couldn't handle your life. And it was time to go. Those people are part of your history. You might as well let them go because they couldn't stay. See, what happens to us sometimes we continue to pursue the people that could not stay in our life. And God's, those are people of your history. And God's inviting you to people of your future. So you got people that you bring from your history that are your friends now, but he's also adding new people into the equation, new friends that bring you into your destiny. Do you know that in this year, you're going to have new relationships, if you open yourself up to it, of people that will bring you into your future, your 2020 future. God has a plan that is different than what you're living today, and a part of that is going to require some new relationships. 
relationships. So you got to let go of some history. You got you got to forgive some of the things that have gone on. You got to release those things. Stop letting those things burden you down. Stop having those things like chains around your ankle keeping you from the future God has for you. Let those things go. You can even celebrate what you've already had happen, but allow the new things to surprise you. Keep yourself aware and open to the relationships God has for you. And do not cut off the work of God because you are so crowded with a history that is always going to be history and will never become something about your future. Some things are to be left in 2019, 2018, 2017. Go back as far as you want. So that's it. We want, to, we, we want to move into our tomorrow. We want to be imitators of the way that Jesus befriends us. Be that way toward our relationship with God and toward our relationship with one another. We want to lay down our life, count the cost and invest what it takes for us to be great people relationally, to be friends with the people in our own home and the people that are close to us and the friends that God has given to us and to enjoy the fullness of that. And then to be open to the fact that when information comes, that when God has us living our life and we see the kingdom unfolding before us, know this, know this, that when things get tough, God gets closer and your friends are there to be with you through those storms and to help carry you through, pray you through, just sit with you, worship with you, encourage you, cry with you, whatever it takes. And in that way, we move into what God has for us in this future year. Sound good? Let's stand and let me pray for you. So Father, right now, all around this room, we have just our hearts open. We wanna be the kind of friend that does stick closer than any brother, than any sister. We want to be those kinds of people relationally. So, Father, first of all, we pray, uh, any of us in this room that have our minds set on some historical relationships that we need to just forgive some people and let some things go, God, we do that now. We bring those names to you, those faces, those people, and, and, and we have even tried to drag some of them into our future, but it's just, it's not your desire for us. Those places that we're clear on, not the places that we're unclear on, but the places that we're clear on, we just let those things go. We forgive our friends. We speak blessing over uh, the people of our history. We're so grateful for them. We pray that you'd be with them, that we, we forgive them for anything they've done against us. We ask for forgiveness for anything that we had ever done against them, God, but we let them go. We let them go in Jesus' name. And now, Father, we begin to walk into our future. We open ourselves up to pay attention to the people that prophetically you're going to bring into our lives to speak into our lives to do this portion of the journey with us. And Lord, the, the historical friends that are still with us that are gonna be moving into 220, uh, 2020, let us be the kind of people that are helping to bring fruit in one another's lives. And God, we pray that you would do that powerfully in this room and in our lives.
Oh. Uh-huh. 
whether you want to lift your hands or you want to put your hand on your own heart or you want to fold your hands or you want to open your hands and say this however you pray eyes open and lifted to heaven or head bowed and your eyes closed say to God Bless you guys. Have a 2020 year of friendship. I want you.